This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he practices every day that allows him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader teaches us how focusing on his natural strengths and talents has allowed him to overcome great personal obstacles and loss. Leading an intentional life has allowed him to become a leader in his life, his family, and his community. These simple techniques he teaches us are ones that you too can apply every day to live your life with success. Gary Trost is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 28 starts now. Welcome to the program, Gary. Hey, good day. How's it going? Good day. You're my first Aussie guest. I am so excited. You are family. You are a friend, but you're also an inspiration to so many because of all of your connections athletically um, as a tennis pro. And I can't wait to tell people's story. But Gary, you are an influence. And on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, you are one of my guests. I put it on the top of my list because I wanted to make sure to, that people can hear your story of courage, of inspiration, of your life growing up in Australia that's different from America, and encourage kids to learn about their gifts and following their passion uh, to really lead their own lives. So thank you very much for coming on the program. It's my pleasure. I can't, can't wait. This is great. I've listened to most of your podcasts and uh um, started out just um, out of pity because you're a family, but no, I, I got. You, <laughs> oh, thanks a lot. lot. <laughs> wow, I'm an honest guy. I said I'll listen to what she's got going on, and you, you've had some great people on. So I'm I'm, I'm privileged that um, honored that you even asked me. So thank you. Yeah, well, you know, when you get to know family, and you're married to my cousin, that's so close to my age, and we've grown up so close, and it's been neat because when I met you. You all were in Boca Raton, and you were the tennis pro at the club uh, at that time, and and you guys had just gotten married, and so now you all are in Oklahoma, and you're the, the tennis pro there, and so I want people to connect to your story because it's so amazing to have watched you, and when when I think about my life in America, and I've visited outside of the U.S., and you know, it's a little bit different. And the cultures that we grow up in really influence how we um, believe ourselves in the world. And so I want you to take people back into your life when you were growing up as a, as a kid in Australia and kind of what that looked like. Well, it was, uh, I'll try not to cry. Um, so if you hear a break, it's me drinking some water because when I cry, I get croaky um, yeah. uh, in the voice. But uh, we, we grew up, um, Dad pass away. Every, everything that I tell you today is probably going to somehow revert back to tennis somewhere because it's uh, um, it doesn't matter whether it was socially or competitively or somewhere tennis is involved in my life. And uh, it's, it's, I really hope that um, that message comes through. It's, it's, there's so many life lessons just in a game, just a simple game of tennis. But uh, um, we, we grew up in a small town, it's uh, the American size of a uh, hundred thousand, but um, most of the time we're in Toowoomba, Queensland, which is near Brisbane. And, and um, my father actually 
died of a heart attack playing mixed doubles with my mother when I was three. And uh, um, he, we, I'm actually number 10 of 11. I have five brothers, five sisters. And so he had a family and my mother had a family and they both got divorced. And many years later, along comes um, the last three. So we were like the Brady Bunch on steroids. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, and then um, he's supporting all 11 children and driving taxis at night and the whole bit and uh, just playing tennis with my mother and uh, – um, you know, he just keeled over. In those days, they put a blanket on you and wait for the ambulance to come. And mm-hmm. By the time the ambulance got there, it was too late. But the the you know, again, they, it's it's the life lessons. Yeah, what's the life lesson there? Is is um, you know, he was supporting the family, but it, it's um, I don't take that as you know. I, again, I don't think of it as pity, or never thought of it as a kid that I needed somebody you didn't have a father or you don't have a father or whatever else. And uh, we, we did a lot of things. Um, we were a close family. There were six of us under the age of 13 in the, in the house. And so we grew up on what you considered welfare. We call it a pension in Australia. And uh, um, it's, uh, we don't know what we're missing. You, you don't know what you're missing when you, it doesn't happen, you know. It, it, you you don't you don't think of things like oh I need this or I need that or I need that. Um, we 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 had the best time. I still look back at the Christmases that we had, and we got one gift and we got you know a little bit of candy and and I still think of those Christmases that we spent together and and uh, and still they're just as as precious to me as as any any Christmas mm-hmm. um, or, you know, the, the times that we spent together. So uh, it, it, it is a special thing. You, you've got to, you've got to live every day. She taught, my mother was a, um, was an angel um, to do what she did uh, with us and um, to raise us. And she raised us as, um, you know, she, she raised us to be the, the people to be individuals to, to think think for ourselves and to uh, um, you know treat other people the way you want to be treated. So mm-hmm. um, that's such a great a lesson, start. you know, because yeah. we talk about environment so much and influencing people, but being influenced by our family, by our roots. You know, they talk about psychology, and you you kind of become your character by the age of five for you know what what you are, what you believe. <laughs> And having that strong foundation, uh, having those people around you to really influence you and give you that stability, so critical to what was going to come next in your life, you know, to be able to adapt to things. Uh, and that's, and, and now you have, you know, kids of your own and that are grown in, in college and, and so many great things that are happening for your family. But, you know, it all comes back to understanding what you believed growing up so that you can pass that on. Uh, and that's that's kind of influenced you as well as in your tennis career, you know? And so uh, that's just an amazing kind of connection there. And we all learn, right, either a U.S. Or, or outside of the U.S. It doesn't change. It's, it's who influences us that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. So... So what happened when you were, when you started playing tennis, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but when you started playing tennis, 
it was more for the joy than it was to compete. It, it's, it really was. Um, you, uh, from an early age, I knew my mother was a uh, uh, four-time Australian junior champion and runner-up like four more times. Um, she then decided to have a family. And, of course, having six children in 12 years, you don't have much of a tennis career. Not that they, was, you know, they were playing for money back then. They just played for titles. And, uh, um, but, she, you know, it was – uh, it was never, ever, you know, it, the same as my children right now. People say, well, when, when are your children going to start start playing tournaments and getting ranked and stuff like that? And I said I couldn't care less if they ever played competitive tennis. I hope they all play tennis because, again, I always, uh, I'll always circle back to the life lessons in a game of tennis. But um, And it, it is a great cardiovascular sport as well and all sorts of things. But um, I, it's, 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 it was never, ever about winning. I mean, she would, she would, she was so happy that we were just playing tennis and, and, and really I didn't, I wasn't that good. I was, I was terrible. I was, I was, <laughs> I wouldn't keep the ball in play and I probably still don't, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I always liked to play the better shots and rather than just, keeping the ball in play and whatever else. And, and, but she would pick me up and we, we would go to, uh, to go to a tournament and uh, she would pick me up from the tournament. And, it, you know, the words, did you win never came out of her mouth. I cannot remember. I, I did a forward for um, a friend of mine here, David Minahan had a book, um, which is great for parents um, to, to, to read. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. But I did a forward because, you know, she. I would hop in the car and she'd say, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Do you uh, do you need to come back today or tomorrow? Um, and, and the number one question, she'd always say, hey, did you have fun today? Mm-hmm. And that was it. Um, it was never, ever, ever about did you win. And, um, and, and, and it, believe me, she – Boy, I thought she was ancient in her late 40s and she would still enter women's open singles and she'd play these beautiful young players in their 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, just stroking the ball, just absolutely caning balls, hard, topspin. And she looked like the worst club player on the planet, sliced the ball, dinked the ball, Um and you know there was there's other stories I can tell, but I'm not going to bore you with this one. But <laughs> I don't. I I win twenty bucks here, twenty bucks there as a seventeen year old because we'd go to tournaments and people would go, God, look at this old broad. And she'd lose the first four games, and then she'd win pretty much six four six one because she. I would play against her. She would drop shot, lob me, slice, kick the ball out of certain areas. Wow. And um, she, I, I remember, I don't know how many tournaments she won in her late forties. There were women's open singles against some of the best ranked Australian, jun- Australian juniors, and I just would shake my head. And she would be having the time of her life. She would be loving it, um, just out there in the just the heat of battle. Just it looked like she was, um, you know, paddling a canoe on a sunny day, just 
Oh, just having a great time. That's what they say. The pros make it look easy, you know? Yeah. And so what do you think she learned her, her passion from? What do you think that comes from? I really don't know. I think the, the inner bound, the inner, everybody has a piece of fear and everybody has a piece of um, um, grit and everybody has inside of us where we all have this um, confidence. We all have this fear. We all have a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, uh, I, I got to practice with some of the best players in the world and um, several number one players because I had a big serve. God bless me with a big serve. And, and I got to rack some balls against these guys. And, and I walked off the court and said, oh, my God, they're freaks of nature <laughs> because every ball they hit is off the middle of the strings. They mean for it to go there. Um, you just and, and so when you know that you're good – but then you know that they're a level or two above where you are. That's why they win the big bucks. Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't matter There's um, whether you're Einstein or Beethoven or whatever the freaks of nature. I'm sorry that I'm calling them freaks of nature, but they're freaks of nature. They, they, they have something, um, some God-given talent that just is is there, and um, but we all have a piece of this somewhere inside of us, mm-hmm. um, and and to do what we want to do and to be good at something, and uh, I really uh, I really truly believe that. But tennis was for her, and um, uh, you know you, you can say that and do that, um, but I think that she was a better teacher. Oh, by the way, she was the worst tennis pro on the planet. <laughs> she admits she was. Um, she couldn't teach really anything, couldn't show you anything. But every week we went to Saturday morning tennis and there'd be 80 children there waiting for her. Wow. She was like the pied. But she just followed what she believed. And she, She's a pied piper. She, yeah. These kids just flocked to her. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, um, competitively, she was she was great. She got the court. She loved it. Um, I actually grew up playing afternoon tennis, um, Saturday afternoons. Everyone showed up at 1 o'clock, and you got mixed in with the A-grade, B-grade, C-grade, D-grade players. Um, 3 o'clock, everyone dropped their racket and went inside and had a hot cup of tea and a cucumber sandwich and, um, you know, some scones and, you went back out and finished your game. Um, so I grew up playing that, mm-hmm. not competitive tennis. Competitive tennis was a was a side thing, and uh, um, you know, a couple of us got pretty good at it. And of course, I, I I I tended to win a few more and play a little bit more professional tournaments and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, no, it's tennis was just always a a life lesson more than a um, how many trophies you can bag. Well, and having, you know, I learned a lot about leadership, uh, especially in the last several years, just focusing on training people and helping people find what inspires them. But when you have an athletic gift, you know, and maybe you didn't grow up knowing that this was a gift, you just did it because you loved it. And it turned into something that, that became a passion that you discovered somebody would pay you somebody would be interested in you because 
you know, this is what you knew. This was kind of your space, right? It yes. was your life was designed, as you've told us, because you had this space in in tennis, and it's affected your life. It's your story. It's who you are. It's who you became. And through that, you became really good, and you competed at a high level. You were sought after in in Australia. And tell us that story. How did you get from Australia to come to the U.S.? Well, it's uh, um, actually it's, uh, it's kind of two stories. Um, one story was that I, uh, um, I I didn't play a lot of junior tennis. I didn't play. I and of course a lot of uh, way colleges look at you that I know now is that you play junior tennis. And and uh, my mother decided when. She, I guess I, we went to a tournament when I was only about 14, 15, I guess. Um, actually, this revolves back to my sister sending me a trophy just a couple of months ago. Uh, her husband passed and she's cleaned out a house and found one of these trophies. And, and I, I cried like a baby when I got it because um, we showed up at a tournament and there was a um, under 17 boys singles I wasn't in the main drawer and then I went to the 19 boy singles wasn't in the main drawer I wasn't in the drawer and I was I went back to the car and I said crazy lady you forgot the enemy or something and <laughs> she'd put me into the men's money singles and she goes I it's that time you need to learn to compete it's not all about winning it's not about winning tournaments it's about competing and you need to play the men it's about time you stepped up and she said, I don't want you to win a set. I don't want you to win a game. I don't want you to win anything. I want you to just uh, get out there, compete. And, again, I was 15, and uh, I won I won the tournament. I couldn't believe it. Um, somehow, I, I, I look back on it now, and I go, I still don't know how I did it. It's just, you know, what's the old cliche? One point at a time, one game at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the next guy, that type of thing. And so – that was so very, very strong for me. And uh, by the way, this trophy is an old thermos that's engraved and it's kind of broken and dented and, and it probably means. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Uh, probably means more to me than most. Um. Uh, so anyway, um, that then revolved into um, tryouts for an Australian team, and you know, my, I told you my my mother was a terrible tennis coach, um, good strategist, but um, watched me play and said, "Hey, you need to work on your backhand." That was about it. And uh, <laughs> so most people can't believe that I have uh, played professionally and that I had. Uh, uh, represented Australia in junior tennis and, um, you know, one college, um, my college conference every year. And uh, I don't know how many tournaments I've won here in Oklahoma and, you know, around the world. And I had my first lesson when I was 17. Wow. First real lesson. And that was the week before the Australian Championships. But, um, the Australian Championships was uh, a Wimbledon draw is 128 draw. This was uh, a 256 draw. And uh, I faced match points three times. And 
um, somehow fought through it and got all the way to the final uh, of the event and lost to uh, a great player, Laurie Water, who won several Grand Slam doubles and um, and and he, he he literally tore me to shreds in the final. That was on grass and uh, um, but I made the Australian junior team and I revert back to that stupid tournament that we went to where it was all just about competing. And and by the way, is yeah, you can talk about grit. I had the best time of my life that week. That was like three or four different surfaces. We lost balls using um, – I played players I'd never seen before, met new friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it, it, 256 kids in one place, and, you know, they'd send you all over Sydney. So um, anyway, so I made the um, state team from there and then the Australian team from there and toured the United States. Um and, and and just did all that, but uh, it was it's an amazing thing that uh, it, it was never ever about winning. So whatever it is inside me, you know, I was blessed with a great serve, like I said, and uh, um, I didn't know what I was doing out there. I just would go out there every time. It, you know, God forbid if I had had some coaching, I might have been pretty decent. <laughs> but you know, the fear of that experience, you know, walking into it, and. It just sounds like with you, you know, to teach people how to cope with a fear that might arise when you have something that's unknown, right? But you had prepared yourself, your mindset, how you had grown into kind of having these mentors in your life, your mom, your dad, everybody that had encouraged you or influenced you to have this, you know, have this talent, have this gift and... And you say you weren't very good, but you know, you, you're better than I would be <laughs> because I didn't have the same environment. I didn't have that same structure, uh, you know, of, of having tennis in my life. So when you look at that, you were really more prepared of facing those 256 kids than other people would have been, you know, and it's interesting. When, and I didn't ever know that about you, Gary, that you didn't have a professional, you know, real lesson coaching until you were 17 that's pretty amazing yeah, yeah mum, mum would watch but uh she would come out and she'd say you know you got to work on that back end return or you know something you know you, you're hitting too many twos you know we were always taught um you know tennis is number one you come out and you hit the shots that you like to hit and the other guy's got to figure you out and then if that's not working then you've got to change. You, you don't keep playing a losing game. You've got to change and be able to adapt and and have something else in the toolbox. And uh, I, and I love way. that. That is a great yeah. lesson, right? So when you start reflecting on what you're doing correctly, and then going into saying, "What? How am I aware of what's going on, and what do I need to do differently?" Even having fun, but if you want to win, if you want to be able to compete at a different level, then you've got to make some tweaks, right? To be able to say, "Okay, sure. this time at match point, I'm going to think about really reflect into, you know, close my eyes and know this serve's going to come to me, and how am I going to react to it?" And sure. so, you know, in life, we talk about. It's not about what happens to us. It's how we react to it. So as you go through tennis, you can so the analogy is so true. 
I'm at the point in the game where it's, it's time for me to react differently. It's time for me to step up and use what I know to win. Oh, there's, there's been times where I have been absolutely getting the beating of my life, but I sat down and I said, I know that my game is still the winning game. I'm real close. And because, you know, tennis, you can, you can go to deuce every game and get beaten first set six love. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, well, that set's gone. But every game was even almost, you know, and, and, or you felt like you were you know, like, I'm one or two balls from switching this around. And you've got to have that belief to stay with that. Yep. And there's been other times where you say, boy, whatever I hit is just getting just smoked back at me. I've got to come, I've got to change this. I've got to change the strategy. I've got to change where I'm hitting the ball. And um, I don't believe there's enough of that going on in tennis these days in juniors. I think that they're playing to their strengths. I think the um, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of kids just want to hit their favorite shots rather than work on their weaknesses mm-hmm. and work on what they can't hit. Or once they have a good shot, let's bring a variation into that. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I, I think they just like to it's um, um, play play the winning game all the time. When that doesn't work, they're in trouble. You know, they're in trouble. So you've got to use your arms, your legs, your um, you've got to use your brain. Um, it's it, tennis is such a every game of tennis is a life lesson. You have to um, you have to have to work hard and and use your legs, use your use your mind, and uh, and all those things. So, so how tell me about your family today? Um, my nieces and nephews, <laughs> my cousins, mm-hmm. and actually, um, but. The consistency, you know, when we talk about the lessons that you learned that you've passed on to your kids, and I know a lot of them have, you know, come through your club and, um, and they've either taken to it or they've, they've taken lessons or they've taught there. So when you look at the value that you learned in Australia as a kid and then passing that on to your own kids, what is, what does that look like as a father? You know, how, cause you're so proud of all of them and they've all been so unique in their own space. Um, but being able to share that legacy with them. You know, I, I am so proud of every one of them because um, it's, uh, I, I got, again, got to come back to my mother who, yeah, I'm, I'm the tennis star of the family, you know. Um, can't tell you that uh, uh, what, we were always taught to, what you got to jump out of bed and want to do what you want to do every day and just love it. Um, and if you get paid for it, that's a hell of a bonus. That's, that's a great deal. Um, and so, uh, and that's the same thing as um, being happy in your relationship and loving the person that's next to you. And, and so I'm very blessed in, in, in those, in those situations. Um, I have a brother that um, played tennis with me his whole life. He's the reason I'm good. Um, and it's, I mean, he was maybe 16 and a half, and he said, I, I quit. And I said, I, you quit what? And uh, we practiced every day, and he said, no, I quit uh, I quit playing tennis. I'm going to join a rock band. And I said, well, that's great. You don't play an instrument. And um, he, he picked up. Yeah, he picked up. He toured. He, he, he was a great um, 
he was a great musician. He loved it. Um, he's on some videos and um, uh, with other bands, and uh, he just absolutely loved that whole lifestyle. And uh, um, but anyway, he picked up a, a computer and he started looking at it. And I remember him calling me and saying, um, "I got an apple," and I said, "What's an apple?" And, you know, I was in college and he got a PC and I said, I don't know what a PC is, you mm-hmm. know, anything like that. And he read the manual two or three times and he ended up teaching himself to be a uh, computer animator, ended up making films, um, um, Inspector Gadget type films. He made Inspector Gadget, some of those land before times. Um, blah, 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 blah. I think the last one he worked on was Ghost Ship. Um you know, I got another brother that put himself through night school, put himself through uh, um, law school at night and became one of the top barristers, which is, you know, the white horsehair wigs and mm-hmm. the, yes, my lord, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And he traveled around the world um, putting criminals in jail, you know, the big, the big, um, big money criminals in jail. That was his chocolate. You're going to find your chocolate. Yeah. Um and do it, and and um, you know, all my brothers. Another brother was a ro- was a race car driver. Um, he was, he was, and you know, none of us, none of us won the Grand Prix of Australia, or you know, the Australian Open, or um, you know, um, it, it didn't matter. This is what they found. That this was our lesson in life. Was that um, you know, I I told my kids the other day I was. 18, I got my hair on fire and I'm going to the United States and I'm going to, you know, um, play some tennis and I'm going to maybe go pro and do this. And I sneeze farted and I'm 55. Mm-hmm. It goes fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have traded my life for anything. Um, I didn't make it to any of the big, big tournaments. Um, certainly played against some of the best players in the world. I certainly saw a lot of the world. Um but every day of my life, I've been happy. Yep. And and so when you, and you're teaching your kids this, it's it's so great to see all of them blossom. Mm-hmm. And and as your family, I, I love, you know, your mother influenced you. Go find your happiness, right? Be happy. Come happy out of, place ha- every day. Happy every place day. every day. And it's yeah. it's so critical to design your life around that. And if you can do those simple things... And following what you love, and so you're you're still in an environment that you can, you know, do the things and and be an instructor and be a a pro at the club and be able to help now leave this legacy, you know, for other families. And as you said, you wrote this forward in this book for parents. You know, it's now about helping your kids find their journey, find their path, find their passions to be able to now you know, live their lives with success. And and you influence so many people because you have, you know, kind of this exposure uh, in the arena that, that you're so passionate about. And I know the, the uh, United States Professional Tennis Association, you've been, I've seen you at different places around the country when you all are at these shows and conferences. And, um, you know, you're, you're part of this leadership team, right, that's um, crafting oh. and influencing so tell me about we, that. We are, well, we're very, very proud. Um, 
you know, I, I always kid and say, you know, at the moment I'm the president of the United States Professional Tennis Association, and and I got it by default because nobody else wanted it, and, <laughs> and I kid. But um, over the years, you like, I have a passion for tennis, and and if you're going to have a passion for tennis, and you you want you want to help people, you want to learn every day, and 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 just. Um, it really is stupid. Somebody, we needed a, somebody to help certify tennis professionals. So I put my hand up and said, yeah, I'll help. And they needed somebody else to serve on a board that decides, runs a conference for education for young pros. And, yeah, I'll help. Well, I ended up as president of Missouri Valley, which is a five-state area. And then next thing I'm head of certification for, for, for all of the testers in the United States and next thing I'm on the national board and, and and now I'm the president it's actually sad for me because I'm I'm looking down the barrel of um, the end of my term of helping you know so I, I may circle back and help them some other way but um, also in a way I'm always in the belief that you go do something you give it everything you got you jump in with both feet you make changes you do stuff and then you get the hell out because there's going to be somebody else smarter and better looking behind you. <laughs> it, it's their turn. It's their turn to make changes or to modify or do whatever else. So uh, in a way, I'm kind of the VIP. Um, yeah, I'm the president, which I actually have a great team um, in, that, in the national board. Um, our staff of the USPTA, um, the leadership from uh, – um, the leadership that we have there, we actually have almost a brand new staff. In uh, we moved across the road from, uh, we built a new headquarters. We sold our headquarters in Houston, moved our headquarters across the road from uh, the home of American Tennis, and that's in Lake Nona, Orlando, and that's the United States Tennis Association, wow. which runs the U.S. Open. Um, they built 102 tennis courts and their national headquarters there. And we said we need to be right across the road and be loud and proud and independent and 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 to to really push for this home of American tennis and and we've done that and that's all happened while I've been on the board and and now um, you know I'm I'm the president just started a two year term as president and like I said I have the team that we have is is unbelievable. Um, uh, so we're surging. We're surging ahead. The United States Professional Tennis Association. I'm very, very proud of the work that I've done for the last I don't know 20 years. Um, even in the groundwork, you know, before I ever became a board member and whatnot. So well, your uh, life also, your life has led but, you to this point. You know, that's the exciting thing. Is you know, if you would have thought about being in Australia as a kid, having the opportunity to come to America on a scholarship, right? And saying, people believe that I have something to offer and I'll just kind of go with this. And But you have stayed true to this through now and it has really created your legacy, Gary. Well, you know, I was uh, actually told one of my members, uh, my members, uh, um, uh, one of my, my members are very wealthy people and I told one of my members the other day that she said, well, you miss your family and you've been over here for a long time. And, and I said, you know, I was actually um, homeless in my senior year of high school. 
and I was playing a tournament. I living in the back of my car. It was an old station wagon. <laughs> and um, if I if I won, I got to sleep in a like a a pub a hotel type thing in a real bed. But if I didn't, I was I was uh, sleeping in the back of the car. But I was I was playing in a tournament, and this um, this guy said, "What are you doing next year?" And I said, "I oh, hell I don't know." And he said, well, over, I have a friend who knows a guy who knows a guy in Oklahoma. And I go, for what? He goes, for college tennis. And I said, so what does that mean? He said, well, they actually pay for your scholarship. They pay for your schooling and give you um, room and board and everything else, um, food, and you play for the university. And I was like, where's the catch? There's going to be a catch there somewhere. <laughs> And he said, no, 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 all you got to do is get there. And so I sold my car for the plane ticket. So he, he, he came through, a guy who knows a guy who knew a guy. <laughs> so um, I sold my car for a plane ticket, and I arrived in the United States with $150 and didn't know a soul. And um, the Oklahoma people have uh, embraced me. I've left four or five times. I've come back each time. Um, the Okies have embraced me and, uh, um, you know, they, they, it's amazing. It's an amazing concept that they, that they do this. And, and of course my kids know this story and I go, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's something that was an opportunity and, you know, people say, Oh my God, you were homeless and you're living in a car. I had a great time. It was, it was, it was, I was driving around playing tournaments. If I did good, I filled up the car and ate, better, ate, a, ate a decent meal. If I did bad, then I walked everywhere and I <laughs> ate a McDonald's. Or um, Actually, I tell a story one time where it rained for three days and I, I ended up at a soup kitchen, a Salvation Army soup kitchen for three days because I didn't have any money. And um, ended up, uh, they did a short set, short format, and I won the tournament. And I went back on the uh, – finished on a Monday. It was an Easter tournament. And I went back on the Tuesday, and I was in the front page of the paper winning the tournament. And all the um, – all my friends at this – it was a homeless-type soup kitchen. They were all like, hey, buddy, you're on the front page. They didn't know – they didn't even know I was a tennis player. They, You know, because I was in a pair of jeans. It was raining. And, you know, I gave them uh, – I think I won like 600 bucks. I gave them a couple hundred bucks and – and said, see you later, you know, filled up my car and I was off. <laughs> Isn't and that amazing? It's, it's again, that is a great lesson for people. You know, what's going on for people, you don't ever know their story. So looking at people in the environment that you're in, you know, you really need to just understand that we're all from a different place and we have to really appreciate what's going on and, and be curious about others and, and really give back. I mean, that is such a great story about life lessons. You know, you were doing again, something you loved and followed and, and passionate about, but you were just determined to make it whatever it took. You were, you were ready. You know, you yeah. just, you just said, this is what I'm dealing with. And here I go. And, and I'm going to do follow what I love and it'll all turn out. Okay. Let me tell you, if, if anyone ever, ever thinks about, how life has mistreated them, how they're considering 
hurting themselves or uh, I, I don't know. Um, go go for an afternoon. You don't have to take anything. Um, if you can, that's great. But go help at a homeless shelter or go help some of these people or, or just go and sit and talk to them. Um, they, uh, just like you and I have a conversation right now, they're, they're normal people. They, they have a different, they're down on their luck or their whatever reason. And then you all your troubles go away. I tell you, <laughs> they're, they're, um, you gotta be there. Yep. You gotta, um, you be happy with everything you have in life. You know, you, um, yeah, my kids, great. They're, they're awesome. Um, when are they going to be great tennis players? Couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. I want them to play tennis because there's so many life lessons. I want them to have a sport of a lifetime. Couldn't care less if one ever won a tournament. A couple of them won some junior stuff, did some good. Okay. Um, they were good in other things. You know, one's an Eagle Scout and, they're actually running Eagle Scout. They're running Scout camps in California at the moment. But one was a soccer star. You know, um, Mackenzie played some tennis. My, my daughter played some tennis. And then Hannah was – they were all gifted. One time we went to a um, – uh, one of the highlights, again, of my life is uh, uh, Father's Day. We went and played a tournament in Tulsa. And it was a um, father, son, mother, daughter type thing. So – uh, each one, uh, one daughter play with me, and one the other daughter play with my wife Carrie, and we we played every every event I think on the on the charts, and um, it, it, oh god, playing against Gary Tross, of course they're going to hit every ball at my kid, and I'd walk out in the court and say, hey, I'm not going to hit at your kid, let's just have fun with the kids, mm -hmm. you know, let's make it this an experience, and uh, um, I think. We might have won one trophy or weekend or something, but we didn't care. We just we we had a great time. So, well, and that's so important. You know, it comes right back down to what you talked about in the beginning. It's about family. It's about influencing the people in your life that you you know that are on your journey to be able to really um, you know help them. That helps you because as you, you know, it's always what we feel about ourselves is is how we engage with others. And so if we can remain happy, true to ourselves, true to our purpose, you know, our life is a little bit easier because we don't have all of these expectations. It's uh, to make ourselves just enjoy where, why we're here on this earth uh, and to use our gifts and our strengths. And there are so many people that are struggling through that uh, because there may be expectations of others you know, that are looking at them or they feel the stress um, of family or situations that, that have happened. And um, and so you're a great teacher for us, Gary, to come on this program to help us really understand your journey, to give us these lessons of it's not just about tennis, you know, it's about life and strategy and really accepting where you are and, and really being true to what you believe in. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I have some very, very influential and wealthy, wealthy friends who are miserable. Um, they're miserable in their job. They're miserable. And I'm going, wow, if I even had one tenth of the money of those people, 
uh, I'd be on a yacht in the Great Lakes with Melanie and Joe. (laughs) Come on up. (laughs) You know, it's amazing to me and that that, um, happiness is not not money and happiness is not, you know, and and some of the stress and some of the life things that, um, you know, I I don't know how to say it. Um, You know, like I said, with the homeless people, they – they they still have oh yeah they have stress but they they you, know, you want a job and say, oh, we're good you know they they'll do things um, so I've I've lived with the homeless and I work around billionaires and know them and and you just you you ever anybody can be unhappy and there can be any number of factors that make you unhappy. Mm-hmm. And you've got to make those things go away out of your life and and, and help others. Sure, we want to help others. Um, we, we want to make sure that they're, you know, look after our own, but, you know, look after yourself first. Look after your, uh, look after your family and, um, but be happy. Find this happiness and no matter, and help others, you know, help others. Little bitty things help other people and, uh, It'll come back to you tenfold. It really will. It really will. It really will. Well, Gary, I just from the bottom of my heart, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you for being an everyday leader in my life and your families. You just added such great value of being a part of, you know, the extended Qualls family. (laughs) So (laughs) I I love it. Um, Love you to death. I I can't wait uh, to be able to share this with others. And congratulations on all of your success. I'm going to to post all of the USPTA um, yes. under your under your promotion here, and yes. I I really uh, just want to celebrate you. So, congratulations on your success, and thank you for being on the program. I will come on again another time. I've got some really good other stories. If you ever get short, let me know and. Uh, Hopefully I didn't bore anybody today. Absolutely not. Have a great summer, Gary, and we will see you soon. Hopefully the leadership conference is coming March 2nd of 2019. If you've got some time in your calendar, I'd love for you to be a part of that as well. So let us know about that. Good. Yes, we actually just had our very first leadership academy at the United States Professional Tennis Association uh, two weekends ago. So it was uh, that's an exciting part that... Uh, um, so a couple of very good friends put that together. So uh, we're very excited about this new leadership and mentoring that we're doing in the USPTA as well. So, But you're doing a great job, Thanks. except for your husband. He's, he's a little average in the, <laughs> in the sound department. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, well, we got to keep influencing people. We got to use what we have. We got to keep pushing along. And um, I can't wait for you to come back on the show and, and keep updating us on what's happening Uh, in your arena. All right. All right. Hopefully we see at the U.S. Open, maybe. That would be great. That would be great. All right. right. Thanks, Gary. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful New Fields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. 
You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.